Good morning. You are listening to River City Revival. This is Reverend Liz Jackson. And today's topic is going to be on the true word of Yahuwah, Apocalypse, Armageddon, and being a light unto the Gentiles. As always, in the description box of this podcast, you will find a link to the Lion's Tears Ministries where you can read um, this content on your own. Reading the title, you may wonder what these three subjects have in common. I did not know some of this information that I am about to share with you until I did the study, and that is normally how the Lord God works with me. He gives me basic information, and then I have to go and study it, break it down, research whatever he leads me to in order to create these posts. And it's the same way with this one. A little bit of background. I was brought up Lutheran and Baptist, but more Lutheran. And we didn't talk about Armageddon and the apocalypse and things like that in Sunday school. I do not remember ever learning about that. But one of the greatest tools that Pastor Fisher, who has now passed on, taught me was to use the strong Hebrew Greek concordance when I study the Bible, which I did not do until about 2015 and 16. I, like most people, just read the words and took it as, okay, this is what they must be saying. But I'm here to tell you that your enlightenment when it comes to what the Lord God wants you to know and understand is so much deeper than the surface English language. And it is vital for you who are actually seeking the Lord God for you to understand the meaning of these words. So as always, I hope this message resonates with you and you take away from it what the Lord God is asking you to take away. I use both the Hebrew, Greek, and the common English language for all of these posts. I do value correction, as I have stated before in podcasts, that if someone has more information, please share it with me. And when I vet it with God, when God vets it, I should say through me, I will add to it if he commands. I am at a stage in my life where the Lord God is in total control. And I must do what he asks of me, which is why here in the last week or so, I've been up at 
crazy, non-normal hours for myself. Like right now, it's 4 a.m. in the morning. I've been up since 2.30. But he and I have an agreement. I told him the other day that you wake me up whenever you want me to wake up so that I can work on your message. And I know that you will provide all my needs because I put him first. Whenever I do not put him first, my day does not go well. So to get back to the teaching, again, we are going to talk about the true word of Yahuwah, Apocalypse Armageddon, and being a light unto the Gentiles. Armageddon means, according to the dictionary, the site or time of a final and conclusive battle between the forces of good and evil, the battle taking place at Armageddon. It also means a usually fast, decisive conflict or confrontation. What the Bible states Armageddon means in both the Hebrew and Greek, Armageddon is Greek word 717, and it is Armageddon, and it's of Hebrew origin H2022, and it means Armageddon. H2022 is a shortened form of H2042, and it means a mountain or range of hills, a country, um, and H2042 means midigo, um, and you can find that in Zechariah. It means mid a dawn or mid a go a place in Palestine. Um, in Zechariah, the word is used for Hebrew word H12, which means a perishing destruction. Um, that's derived from Hebrew word H6, which means to wander away, to lose oneself, to perish, to break, destroy, fail, cause to perish. Um, H1413 that we read earlier above for Medigo. The original root word means to crowd, also to gash, to assemble troops, gather. Um, that word is derived from Hebrew word H1464, and it means to crowd upon, attack, invade, and overcome. So as we can see, the definitions of Armageddon really does mean destruction, a fight against nations, um, perishing, 
a gathering of troops. And we read this because G717 again occurs one time in the entire New Testament, and that is found in Revelation 1616. And he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So the question is, whom did he gather? And we find the answer in Revelation 16, verses 13 through 15. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beasts, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walks naked and they see his shame. So, we are now seeing in modern times, nations against nation, brother against brother. The final battle has not yet taken place, but everything is in alignment with that. For if you have read or listened to any podcast before, we know that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against spirits, unclean spirits, principalities. That is what Ephesians tells us. And I will read that to you now. Ephesians six twelve, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, when we read in Revelation chapter 16, verse 6, stating he gathered them into a place in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon, but we go back to the three verses prior, and it says, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth, and of the whole earth, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. This battle again has yet to take place on this earth, but is brewing as we speak. And I pray that you guys see the principalities that are at work. You don't need to be mad at those who are rioting and destroying everything. 
because it is foretold that this was going to happen. Nation must rise against nation. We find to be true. Well, 24. And Jesus went out and departed, and his disciples came to him for to show buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall all these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceives you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. These are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So, people do not want to hear the truth. And when it says that the world will be coming to an end to find the answer in Revelation about what happens to the world as we know it now, you need to go to Revelation. Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. So just because we read in Matthew that this earth, as it is now, is going to be destroyed so the kingdom of God can come back to it does not mean that we should be in fear. We should be rejoicing. The kingdom of God used to live on this earth with us. God was with us. And Adam 
in Eve's time, God walked the earth to and fro. He, after they sinned, wasn't here so much. He took away their sight to where they couldn't see him anymore. The Lord God chooses who he manifests to in order for those to be a light to those who are not yet awake, who are still in spiritual death. He manifests through many different forms, not physical appearance, but through signs and you know, whenever your mind is clear, you can hear him. That double talk in your head, that's God and Satan. You're not crazy. But you have to choose God and listen to him. Otherwise, you're going to keep going in circles. Because that's what Satan does. He is the author of chaos and confusion. And it states throughout the Bible, that he is the prince of this earth right now. Because until Jesus Christ comes back and fights these demonic forces and destroys everything that is not of God, we must Keep the helmet of salvation, stay armored up like it says in Ephesians, and go out there and be the light so that many people shall not perish. Those who perish are the ones who choose their own path away from the Lord God. The Bible is clear on this. The Bible states what is going to happen. So we should be rejoicing, those of us who are of God, that when the final battle takes place, which occurs in a day's time, God wipes out everything because he doesn't want any more to suffer. He doesn't. It states that in Revelation chapter 21, that he wipes away all sorrow. We will not know hurt and feel pain anymore. They didn't in the Garden of Eden. They knew no pain until they sinned. The most important thing to remember is that the reset of this earth is what we should all long for. For the day the Lord comes back and we can see him face to face like Adam and Eve did before they fell. So now we're going to look at the word apocalypse. Apocalypse means in the dictionary, one of the Jewish and Christian writings of 200 BC to 80, 150, marked by pseudonymity, symbolic imagery, and the expectation of an imminent cosmic cataclysm in which God destroys the ruling powers of evil and raises the righteous to life in a messianic kingdom. Something viewed as a prophetic revelation. It can also mean Armageddon, 
a great disaster. And that's according to Merriam-Webster. Apocalypse, according to Wikipedia, means an uncovering, a disclosure of knowledge or revelation. In religious texts, it is usually a disclosure of something hidden, a vision of heavenly secrets that can make sense of earthly realities. And that's what we're going to focus on. A lot of people say Wikipedia doesn't understand the definitions. Well, Wikipedia got this one right. And we can prove that with the Greek and... Yeah, with just the Greek because apocalypse is never used in Hebrew. But there are words close to it. And we'll get to that in a minute. So, G602 is apocalypse and it stems from g601 which means a disclosure appearing coming light 10 manifestation to be revealed a revelation g601 is apocalypto um, and it stems from g575 and g2572 and it means to take off the cover to disclose or reveal G57 or G575 is apo and it means off to remove G2572 is calypto and that means to cover up and to hide so when you put the two words together, apocalypto, you get an unveiling or to remove. Calypto stems from the Greek word G2813 and 2928. 2813. Klepto means to flitch or steal. And crypto means to conceal. So there has been so much information that has been concealed from you or stolen from you because the word klepto and kleptomaniac means to steal. And I'm sure most of you have heard that term before. Crypto, again, means to conceal or to cover and to keep secret. Again, there is so much that has been hidden from us. But if you seek with your heart and ask God to show you, he most definitely will. Where might we find the usage of apocalypse in scripture? G602 Apocalypse occurs 18 times in 18 verses of the Greek concordance, and it is not always used as the word apocalypse. And that is important to understand. So, Luke 2. 32 means a light 
to lighten the, the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Romans 2 5. But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasured up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Romans 8 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. 1 Corinthians 1 7. So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 3 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. Second Thessalonians 1 verse 7, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. And 1 Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So we see that G602, again, apocalypse, a disclosure, appearing, coming, lighten, manifestation, and revelation are all used in these verses that I just spoke to you. And there are a few more as I did not post all 18. As you can see, Armageddon and a Apocalypse mean two different things. Apocalypse is the revelation of Yahusha, Jesus Christ, and what is to come. And Armageddon is the final battle of good versus evil. You can now tell people when they say an apocalypse is coming that they need to embrace it because it is true. The great unveiling is occurring. Another word we will examine briefly is apocrypha. The dictionary term of apocrypha means writings or statements of dubious authenticity. It means books included in the Septuagint and Vulgate, but excluded from the Jewish and Protestant canons of the Old Testament. It also includes early Christian writings not included in the New Testament. And I highly urge you to read them because, again, so much has been taken away from us. The Vatican has so much information stored in their treasure vault referring to the Lord God. They removed Enoch for a reason and if you have not read that you really need to because Enoch um Daniel Ezekiel and Revelations correlate together and missing information is found in Enoch it is the same way with Yasher 
and Jubilees. There are no results in scripture speaking on the word Apocrypha, meaning there are no concordance results for Apocrypha in the King James Version, or any version of the Bible, as long as it's been translated correctly. The etymology of Apocrypha is very important. It means secret, not approved for public reading, from Greek apocryphos, which means hidden, obscure, and hard to understand. Thus, books of unknown authorship, especially those included in the Septuagint and Vulgate, but not originally written in Hebrew and not counted as genuine by the Jews. But who has authority to tell us what we can and cannot read? The Roman Catholic Church so seems to think that. And I have a few posts on how the Roman Catholic Church has changed things. And if you have not heard the podcast or read the post on the Ten Commandments, I outline how the Roman Catholic Church places themselves above God and changes and hides the information from us. We know or should know and understand that those people know not what they do because they have the rulers of darkness ruling over them. They are not of the Lord God. And I'm not talking about Catholics in general. I'm talking about the rulers and kings as we read in Revelation. The authorities on this earth in charge are ruled by the principality of the dark one or Satan or the devil fill in the blank. Non-biblical sense writings of doubt, authorship, or authenticity is from 1735. Properly plural, the single word would be apocryphon or apocryphum, but commonly treated as a collective singular word called apocrypha. Now, those words that I just read are in the Bible. Apocryphos is Greek word 614, and it means a secret by implication, treasured, hidden, and kept secret. G613 is apocrypoto, and it's um, it means to conceal away, figuratively to keep secret and to hide. Apocryphos occurs three times 
in the Greek concordance of the King James Version. Mark chapter 4, verse 22. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Strong's number G613 matches the Greek word apokropoto. Six times and six verses of the New Testament. And you can read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. The meaning of crypt, because we read earlier that apocalypse also means crypt or crypto in Greek the English definition or translation is crypt crypt means grotto cavern it's from latin crypta which means vault and it's also a derived word from cryptos like we said earlier cryptos means hidden crypt in the english language also means hidden um the verbal adjective from crypt is to hide or to conceal. Um, the Greek word crypt is crypte and it means a hidden place or a secret. And you find this word 2926 in Luke eleven thirty three, no man, when he has lit, lighted a candle, puts it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. Again, cryptos is derived from um, 29.28, and it means to conceal. The Strong's number 2927, Cryptos, occurs 19 times in 16 verses of the New Testament. And you can read this in Luke 12, 2. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. The evil minions of Satan try to hide the truth. If you have not read Enoch or Yesher or even Baruch, and my favorite are the Maccabees because it talks about the final rebellion 
of God's people. We have not revolted since the Maccabees revolt. And that is never taught in history. You probably have never heard of the Maccabees revolt. Many people died because they were being forced to denounce God. They were being forced to eat things that are unclean, and they were being forced to do things that God told us not to do. And the Maccabees took a stand. And until I started reading what is kept from us, I did not know that either. One of the Bibles that I have is an actual app, and it's called the Sefer. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's called the Sefer, and you can find it online. When I bought it, it was $21.99. It has a lot of the restored Bible books that were taken out. I don't like the word apocrypha because nothing should be hidden from us. So they're the missing books like Yasher and Jubilees and Baruch and Tobit and Maccabees. Again, um, it does go back into like the original Hebrew names, which all of Hebrew names have meaning. For instance, my name's Elizabeth, and Elizabeth in Hebrew means consecrated to God. Um, it's very important that you read beyond the authorized book of the Bible that has been given to you. Because if you don't, you're missing out. And it's important that you know the truth because God says the truth will set us free. And freedom is all that we desire. We cannot be 100% free until the Lord God comes back and restores us into our original state. But while we're here on earth, we can be as free as we're allowed to be. And that starts with the truth. And the unveiling of the truth is what the apocalypse is all about. Your enlightenment. And we're going to read that here in just a second. So what does being a light unto the Gentiles mean? Acts 13.47 states, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on lampstands. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your works and glorify your Father in heaven. Isaiah 42.1 Behold, my servant, who I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, 
He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Isaiah 42, 16. And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things I will do unto them and not forsake them. So the first word that we're going to look at is light, which is phos, G5457. And again, you find that when Matthew says you are the light, and when the Lord commands us saying, I have made you a light in Acts 13. So light means to shine or make manifest. Also, it means luminous. Another word for light is Hebrew 2.16, which we read in Isaiah 42.16. And that means illumination. So what is the definition of luminous? Luminous means emitting or reflecting, usually steady, suffused, or glowing light, but it also means clear and enlightening. The definition of enlightening means providing or tending to provide knowledge, understanding, or insight. The definition of illumination is the act of illuminating or being illuminated, such as spiritual or intellectual enlightenment. The definition of illuminating means providing insight, clarity, or understanding. Highly informative. So if you're reading these posts, and listening to this podcast, sometimes I go too fast because Lord God just oh, takes over and I get excited. But I'm trying to be more slow and more understanding that if I go too fast, you might miss something. Because my daughter helped me with that. And I am so proud of her for listening to my podcast. Not my podcast, but the Lord God's podcast, because she has been through so much. And she told me, Mom, slow it down. Talk, you know, like you're giving a speech. But at times I can't because God takes over. So anyway, um, I want to try to do a slower pace so that you don't miss the information. And again, that's why I have the website there in the description box so you can go and read. All right, so the word Gentile. This is important to understand too. Gentile is Hebrew word 1471, and it means a foreign nation, a heathen nation. The word Gentile in Greek, 1484, is ethnos, and it means a race, 
and it means a pagan race, a heathen, and a nation people. The heathens referred to in the Bible are always those who fall away from the Lord God, whether or not they're atheists or whether or not they bow down to other gods. A heathen is a heathen. A heathen is those who do not know the one true king, and that is the Lord God Almighty. So a Gentile is those who either denounce the Lord God or don't even know him and are practicing idolatry and bowing down to other gods. The word ethnos means an ethnic group. So again, in Luke 2, 32, we relighten the Gentiles in the glory of thy people Israel. Lighten, if you go back to the definitions that I gave you of Apocrypha, G602, not Apocrypha, I mean Apocalypse. G602 is Apocalypse. And that means a disclosure, an appearing, a manifestation, and a revelation. So we're going to read that again. Luke 2, 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. The word lighten, G602, is apocalypse, which means a revelation. And those who are called to be a light must do so to the word of God. They cannot put their own spin or interpretation of God's word on anything that is being taught. Nor should the word of God ever be monetized. Be, be aware of those who teach in vanity and promise glorious gifts, for they are liars and thieves. So I hope after this study, you understand that the word apocalypse is nothing to be afraid of. For it is a revelation, it is a disclosure of truth, and it is an enlightenment. We have heard about the enlightenment age way back when, but that's not the case. We, right now, are being enlightened with the true word of God as it was written for us long ago. So much has been lost in translation and hidden from us on purpose because who wants us to worship God? We're not even supposed to have kings over us. Again, you can read that in 1 Samuel where the nation of Israel at the time wanted a king over them, just like the other nations who were making idols to other gods and not following the one true king.
whenever we let go of the indoctrination that this world has given us and really accept that the word of God is true, we will no longer be oppressed and maybe we will actually rise up and take a stand as the body of Christ like we are supposed to and do the work of God like he commands us. I, for one, was tired of being oppressed and being used and being lied to. When I asked God for the truth, he gave me the truth. And he started in Revelation. He told me to read it, to break it down, and to study it. Because, again, Revelation means apocalypse, and it means to enlighten. As always, it is never goodbye. It's I'll see you later.